Welcome to another podcast by Every Nation Brisbane. We're so glad you can join us here today. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at enbrisbane.org. Please enjoy the following message. Great. Uh, Today's reading is from Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Here ends this morning's reading. Amen, amen. Thank you, Mr. Miller. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. I thank you, Lord God, that your name is above every single name, that you are the wonderful counselor and mighty God. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and fill the room, Lord Jesus. Speak to every single heart. May we understand this text to a greater measure today so that we can see your glory and then with that be scattered to reach the nations here in the city of Brisbane. We ask this in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Um, My name is Sam for those. We have two locations, one here in Central that you guys are at and the other in where? Logan, come on, Southside. Um, Pastor Henry and the team are leading there, but we're going to delve into this series and um, the word today, breaking down the scripture of the significance of the birth of Jesus and looking at it further. And I wanted to begin by asking you guys a question. It's around Christmas time. So my question is, what's it like when you're giving gifts to your family or friends? Are you, can you recall the best gift you've ever received. For me, it was, um, I was quite little and it was a baby doll, like a doll's head. Stay with me. Um, It was a doll's head that you could just uh, do a beauty salon or curl the hair, twist the hair, put the hair up, take the hair down. And so I remember my mom gave it to me and I just got lost trying to be beauty salon shop artists. Sometimes I'm just over my own hair, but this lady's hair, I was like, okay, no problem. That was my favorite. And my mother was like, are you all right? Are you okay? Do you want to come out and eat something? That was, that's how she knew. It was something different because I didn't come out to eat. Or maybe you're someone who's better at giving gifts and knowing the right present to give. You know the hints that sometimes people give obvious or not as obvious when you just circle the thing and say, thanks, hope to see it on the 25th. I'm wondering if that'll happen. Maybe you're that type. Or... You're ready for the response when, you know, the secret centers you get in your office and then you ask, um, yeah, I put down the list of stationery. Come on, everybody always has stationery on the list or a gift card or more stationery. And then you get a cactus and you're like, thank you. That's what I wanted. I'll put it on my desk. What's it like for you? The title of my message is Recognize and Represent. Somebody say recognize, hey, and represent. And prior to delving straight into the scripture, I think it's ideal to recognize what's going on at the time. Whether this gift that is foreseen in Isaiah 9-6, the son given to from the ultimate gift giver, has any relevance today and even in that time. And whether the hints just like a good hint from a good a present to say, hey, this is what I want. I believe Isaiah is giving and dropping a lot of hints to say, Israel, wake up, Jesus is coming. And it's easy for us at this moment to be like, 
How did they not get it? But it's because we have the beauty of the word of God to see and hear and know that it's been fulfilled. The prophecy is complete. But could you imagine what would it be like? Isaiah is not just any person. He's a local. And he's speaking to Jerusalem, Israel. And he's not just seeing from his street, but he's seeing the whole nation walking in disobedience to God. Can you imagine? He's elevated to a point where he even has uh, the audience of the leaders at the time. And he's saying, yo, 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 pull up. You keep doing what you're doing and encouraging this space. We're so far from God and judgment will come. Israel is at a time where they're engaging in rebellion, idolatry, and injustice. Far from him. Let me break it down to what might be familiar with us today. The technology is more important. Whatever you put your time, your talent, and your treasure in is way more important than walking with God. This is the time that they're in. And Isaiah is in this tension of prophesying to say, I'm warning. God is saying, pull up. But also in the space of saying, you're still blessed and there's still hope. This is the time that they're in. And you can see here from this map on your left-hand side, the blue and the yellow represent Israel. Blue is the king of Is- um, kingdom of Israel. Yellow is the kingdom of Judah. Don't worry, they were all one, but family situations happened. Taxes came and, you know, we've split off now. But Assyria is a big empire at the time. And, and you see it the, the map on the right. Yeah, I know how to do left and right. The map on the right is actually the green part of Assyria. Spoiler alert, you see in Isaiah, it takes over Israel. That's where they're in. And it's not new news to Isaiah. God says, as a result of your disobedience, I will use your enemy to bring judgment so that I can realign you to what you're called and purposed to do. God is big enough to even use your enemies to realign you to what he's called you to do. That was just extra two cents from the Holy Spirit there. There you go. So to highlight some things before this chapter, what we meet in chapter 9, there's this space of uh, Isaiah saying, Jerusalem and Judah, y'all are doomed. And that's the light way of saying it. It's much more explicit in chapter 1. Chapter 2 and 4 say, there is a glimmer of hope. You, Jerusalem is a city and you will be called the city of God, but you will first have to deal with God will deal with your pride then we see chapter six is a space in which Isaiah has this moment where he sees the Lord in the temple and in seeing the greatness of God he also sees that he is but a servant God says who will go and he says send me Lord I will go though he feels inadequacy he is anointed by the burning of a coal to his lips He's then released of forgiveness for any kind of guilt. But he is sent to a people who are unable to see and unable to hear about Jesus. Sound familiar? They're unable to see with their technology. Can I bring it to today? Unable to see with maybe even things that God has given them that have been good. We spend our time, we spend our families, we, we spend even time to focus on our career. All those things are just clogging our ability to recognize Jesus is coming. 
That's the space that we're in. And at the end of chapter 6, he says, he likens uh, Israel to a stump, to, sorry, a whole oak tree. I haven't seen an oak tree, but apparently they're huge. And he says, because of all these kingdoms, they will be burning of the whole tree. And at the end, you'll just have a stump. But inside the ring will be a glimmer of hope. The holy seed will come and will come here to earth. There's still hope. Amongst the warnings, there's still hope. Chapter 7 and 8 speak of Emmanuel. God with us is coming. Despite political dramas, despite social issues, he will come. But why is Israel in such turmoil? It's because they didn't hold up their end of the covenant. Now, I'm not sure about you, but outside of church settings, have you spoken of covenant lately? Oh, hey, girl, I'm just chilling here, eating, drinking coffee with my covenant. The only thing visible that we recognize or know in this day and age is marriage. It's a visible depiction of covenant. But let's see what it's defined as. I cannot read there because I am blind. I will read this way. The English word covenant suggests legal restrictions, documents tied with pink tapes and sealing wax. But to the Hebrew mind, the covenant idea covered all kinds of human relationships. It was about relational. It was the bond which united people in mutual obligations, whether through a marriage contract, there it is, a commercial enterprise, or a verbal undertaking. So it governs the lifestyle. It was only natural that people's relationship to God should also have been expressed in terms of a covenant. It was based on, here we go, the initiative of God. It implied a new revelation of God, and it made moral and ritual demands upon the people. It was very clear. It would even speak, um, some research suggests, that it would say, this is what we agree of the behavior that you would do. If you do behavior that we don't agree to, you will be cursed. Just keeping it real. If you do behavior that is uh, what we agree to and what we appreciate, you will be blessed. Very clear. And the Holy Seed is coming, and he's to fulfill the promise that God will bring the covenant. And it's going to come in the form of a child. Now, if Israel hasn't heard by now, they must be even tripping. Can you imagine? It's not in scripture, but they would be like, man, Isaiah, what are you talking about? The answer is going to come in a kid. These next few slides are different countries of depicting what it's like when Jesus was born. Can you imagine a child, fragile, and vulnerable. How can a child be the answer? God goes on to even speak to Isaiah to say, the more you warn, the more their hearts might even harden to receive. So then how is it possible to even have faith that they would recognize and see the beauty of the gift, to pick up the hints? That's where we are. We land in chapter 9. Have you ever had to speak to something as if it were, but you cannot see it now? To have faith to dare to believe. I hope that my electricity bill is not too high because of this aircon that I have to put on all the time, because it's hot. I'm praying my teenagers keep their room clean for at least 24 hours, or there's no family drama on Christmas Day. 
that that one auntie just keeps it cool. You don't got to bring up the whole family dynamic or something more serious to speak hope amongst hopelessness, to speak light in darkness. That's what Isaiah is doing. In the beginning of chapter 9, it speaks of that freedom will come because the Messiah is here. The holy seed has come. And as a result of this, war will end. Not just physical war, but if I can bring it to today's time, war from your mind will cease. Freedom will come because the war of your emotions, let's keep it real, war of racism, freedom will come. It will cease. I have one more. Freedom will come because the war of questioning gender will cease because the Messiah is here. And then this is where we see verse 6. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall rest on his shoulders. Pastor Nelly last week spoke of that perfect love casts out all fear. And the government will rest on his shoulders. Man, to do all that, to speak to the depth of what that means is going to take the next three hours. So we'll just say that he has dominion over things here on earth. And this is where we're landing. Just two lines. And he will be called the wonderful counselor and the mighty God. Let's break it down. Wonderful counselor and mighty God. To be called this is not just a name. It's just not like, okay, I'm just going to spit some random um, words to you. No, it's a title. It's a claim to say it's just what he embodies. It's what he will represent. Wonderful counselor and mighty God. The beautiful thing is the word is so intentional because our God is so intentional. To look at the wonderful counselor, the wonder of his counsel, the wonder of his great plan. It means it's the one who executes good plans for his people. Wow. Mighty God means not just is he powerful and mighty, but also that divine kingship has come from heaven and split time, matter, and space to be here in flesh. And God in the original text not just says, Um, I am God, but he's connecting it to, I'm the God of Moses. I am that I am. I am the God of Abraham. I will fulfill the Moses law. I will fulfill the promise given to Abraham that you will be blessed as a nation. And I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then we get the privilege of even seeing in the New Testament in John that I am the statements that Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. It's interconnecting and intertwining that Isaiah is necessary for it to be said through him so that you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm about legacy and I have not forgotten you. The covenant will come through Jesus, the wonderful counselor, the one who executes good plans for his people. I am powerful enough to do it, and I am here letting you know I am the one that everybody else said would come. So if Jesus is the wonderful counselor and mighty God all by himself, for us to even accept that, I suggest to you that we need to be comfortable with something. Vulnerability. 
Have you considered if God is omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful, why would he give his son in the form of a baby? What is the significance of that? Someone so fragile and vulnerable. It's to us the son was given. To us the child is born. It's for us so that we can identify that a divine, powerful being can relate to things such as our vulnerability. Our vulnerability, be it either physically, emotionally, mentally, or otherwise. To experience vulnerability is being aware that I am dependent on Jesus, my Savior, on the one who executes the good plan, on the one who's most powerful enough to do it and can see me through and in and out of time. Jesus, as a baby, was dependent upon, yes, his parents, but also God, the Father. Tell me where, Sam. King Herod. King Herod was going to take him out. Do you think, well, it's not said in Scripture that Jesus said, goo goo gaga, please leave the town. But it's a reliance and dependence on God, the Father, to say he will cover me and he will keep me. And that's what Jesus is in this moment of being a baby. Vulnerability to know. See, I suggest to you that in this day and age, vulnerability has been distorted and twisted. It's either one of two things. You either idolize it, so it's capitalized. Let me give you an example. Oh my gosh, I'm going through something. Wait, let me just pick up my phone to film it. Or it's in this place that you are then inadequate or seen as less than. But vulnerability demonstrated through Jesus is an, a beautiful, healthy dependence to lean in on God, to trust in him. And sometimes because of this distorted view of vulnerability, we try to protect ourselves with ego or perfectionism or I just got to control it and keep it together or whatever it is, fill in the blank of whatever protects us or keeps us. That's God's job. And sometimes we then elevate ourselves to this point of thinking that we're at his level when it's a recognition that he is God and we're human. That's how it was designed. I love this scripture. It says in Psalms, um, hey, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him. God cares for us so much that he sent his son. And remember the elements of a covenant. It was initiated by God. It was a revelation of God. And it was the moral standard. That's Jesus. It was initiated by God. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's his design. It's a revelation of God through the prophecies of that he would be a wonderful counselor, but also his life to demonstrate and show that I am the example of what it means to walk with God here on earth. And the moral standard is that through his life, death, burial, and resurrection, we are restored now in relationship to God and to one another and aware of who God is telling us to be. I hope you're encouraged to recognize and see the invitation that we have today to lean in and depend on him. We don't got to have it all together. If we did, your name would be in instead of Jesus. Let's keep it real. 
So there are three Ps that I pray that will take this word as revelation of text and take it into our Mondays. The first P is to play back your life. Do you recognize the times where Jesus has been your wonderful counselor, has been your mighty God? Even through tough times, through chaos, he has guided you through. And I'm just going to keep it real. I don't know if you're like this, but sometimes I am two-year-old tantrum, Sam. And sometimes I'm like, what are you doing, God? You told me to come this way. I'm aware of his re to reverence him. But the beauty is I get to lament before him to understand. And the wonderful counselor shapes and molds me, refines me to recognize and know I'm still in control. Play back your life and consider that your testimony is an example of Jesus being the wonderful counselor and the mighty God. The second P, prepare our hearts and act. If Jesus is the wonderful counselor, then there is a reason why you are working at the place that you're working. There's a reason why you're doing or completed a degree that you're doing. There's a reason why that you're in that mom's club or you go to that sports team. There's particular people that God is wanting you to meet with and to share. It says to us a son is given. That doesn't just mean the 1030 service of the Every Nation Brisbane team. We're called to gather and then to scatter. And the beauty is, is Jesus can see the people around you and their vulnerability. And if we would just partner with him to recognize the Holy Spirit is moving. Girl, what do you mean? I've already done it before. I've gone. They don't want it. They, I've talked about Jesus. It's not Let's just end it here. That's why we pray for the Lord to soften our hearts again. It's hard on the field. Can I keep it real? It's hard to go and share and either be rejected or things. But that is our vulnerability that we can take again to Jesus and we can lay it at his feet and say, give me your heart again, God. That I could see these people how you see them and that I would be propelled then by the spirit of the Lord to then share the gospel, or share my testimony. Prepare our hearts and act on it. The last is profess and proclaim his name. There's an authority in the name of Jesus. I amend myself because that's for Jesus I've seen in my own life, that he has calmed the storm. And there is something about proclaiming and professing that name over the situations and circumstances that you face and that those around you face. So that's what we're going to do today. Play back your life, prepare our hearts, and profess and proclaim his name. This time, I just want to be um, attentive to the spirit. And I really just sense that uh, I had discussion questions, but... That's not going to happen. Um, the Lord really wants to speak to us about the people that are around us, that there is intentionality in those that we are meeting each and every single day, and to really begin to pray and intercede for them, that they would see Jesus as the wonderful counselor and the mighty God. So if you would, we just take a few moments to just still ourselves before the Lord. And to recognize that there are some people that he might have even dropped even in your spirit as I was talking or even in this last little moment.
in a few moments, we'll begin to just pray over them, pray over their lives. You might not know anything about them. And we're just trusting in the Lord to show you and to reveal. But I encourage you, brothers and sisters, it's time to recognize that you're called and to represent him well. Let me pray and then I'll give you time to pray with one another over those people. Father, thank you that you're awakening our souls to see, Lord God, that you have been the wonderful counselor. You have been the mighty God throughout our lives. And thank you that we have a testimony that has seen us go from darkness into your light. And Father, you've called us then to reach the nations that are around us, within our workplaces, our mom's clubs, our swimming um, uh, areas, all those things and opportunities where we can see and share you Would you bring to light those people that you want us to pray for? And I pray that beyond this prayer, we'll be intentional in this next week to share your goodness with them. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's message brought to you by Every Nation Brisbane. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at ianbrisbane.org. Thank you for listening. God bless.